How many know that Jesus is the way maker? He is a way maker. You may be here today thinking, you don't know, JL. You don't know what, I, what I'm into. There is no way for me. But I have a word for you today that Jesus is the way maker. No matter what you're faced with, he'll make a way for you. We sang it. I want to preach it just for a few minutes that God is a way maker. He's made way for people throughout history. He made a way for Moses and the Israelites to cross a sea on dry land because he's the way maker. He made a way for Daniel in the lion's den. Those lions would have eaten up probably anybody else. But you know what? God shut the mouth of those lions and he made a way for Daniel. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who was in the fire? But I want to let you know right now, even in the midst of the fire, the fourth was with them. Come on, tell your neighbor right now, the fourth be with you. Come on, because he's the way maker. He made a way for Paul and Silas at midnight. They were singing hymns and, and praying after they'd been beaten. But you know what? God made a way for them. He shook that prison and the doors were open. He's the, he's the way maker. He made a way for uh, Esther and all the Jews. And he made a way for, for Ruth and he made a way for Jonathan and the armor bearer. He made a way for David uh, faced with old jungle breath Goliath. You know why? Because God is his nature. He makes a way. No matter what you're faced with today, I want to let you know he's the way maker for you. He made a way for me. December the 7th, 1986, I walked into a church. I think I'd been bouncing the night before. Man, I was jacked up sideways, hurting, lost my parents at eight, lost my only sister at 16, uh, absolutely tormented with anxiety and, and depression and panic. I walked into a church and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I had a little lady who was like 90-some years old walk all the way around the church, walk up to me on the second row and said, would you like to give your life to Christ? I, I says, ma'am, I, I think I'm just depressed. She says, no, you're not depressed. That's the Holy Spirit. She walked with me to the altar, and I gave my life to Christ that day. You know why? It wasn't, it wasn't something that I did alone. It was because Jesus made a way for me. He wants to make a way for you today. There's a story in Acts 12. Peter, this, this gentleman James had just died, and King Herod, he grabs a hold of Peter and he throws him in jail. Peter is locked between two, two prison uh, guards. He's got chains on. They're right next to him. He's chained up. He can't move, and all of a sudden, an angel stands there, appears to him, the angel removes the, the chains. The prison, uh, by the way, there's people also at the doors who are guards. Peter gets up and he walks out of the prison between two prison guards. Why do you say that? Because no matter what you're faced with, you may be faced with a broken marriage and a broken heart right between the two. He's a way maker. You might be struggling with sickness and, and, and some type of disease, whatever it may be. You may be struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts. I got news for you. Just like he broke Peter out, just like he broke me out and hundreds of other people, I want to let you know that he's a way maker today. Peter, he walks out of that jail. And during this time when he's in jail, there's people praying for Peter. They're in a house praying for him. Peter shows up at that house, knocks on the door. The girl looks, just can't believe it, leaves him outside, goes and tells everyone, Peter's at the door. They're like, no, you must be seeing an angel. What they're praying for happens. Why? Because Jesus is a way maker. He makes a way 
where there is no way. You might be stuck in addiction. I've been there. He'll make a way. J-O-I slam heroin, crack, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care what it is. Jesus, you know what's so powerful about Jesus? He's the only one that comes into the heart of a man and changes the heart of a man. I'm telling you, he's the way maker. No matter with what you're faced with today, he'll make a way for you. Because you know what? He's Emmanuel. He's Emmanuel. What does that mean, J-O? God with us. He's not just another man. God stepped out of heaven. He put skin on, moved into the neighborhood, and he's God with us. Not just God with us, but he's, like Dave Carlson said last weekend, he's God for us. He's for you today. And he wants to make a way for you and I. Isaiah 43, 15 through 16 says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Whatever you're faced with today, he's a way maker. You know what Jesus said about himself? Code red. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through Jesus. Way maker, miracle worker. He's not just a way maker, but he's also a miracle worker. But he'll make a way where there is no way. He'll make a way out, but he'll make a way in. He makes a way out for you today, out of sin. He'll make a way out of death. He'll make a way out of addiction. He'll make a way out of hopelessness. He'll make a way out of sickness. But he also makes a way into. He makes a way into life. He makes a way into a relationship with the Father. He makes a way into eternal life. He makes a way into freedom. If you need a way maker today, I, I got news for you. This is way bigger than a children's gathering program, even though that was beautiful. God wants to show himself real on your behalf today as a way maker. But he's also a miracle worker. He works miracles today, 2019, like he did 2,000 years ago. Jesus said this, I'm the... He, well, the Bible says about Jesus in Hebrews, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jail, jail. I, I, just, I just don't believe he does miracles. Too late. I've seen a miracle that he's did in my wife's life, miraculously healed of cancer. I heard a story this week of a lady we've been praying for. The doctor comes and says, Cancer is in remission, but tells us her daughter, this, this just doesn't happen. What do you mean it doesn't happen? You know why it doesn't happen? Or actually why it does happen? Because it's a miracle. Miracle is something that steps into the natural and it becomes supernatural. And that's what God does. He's a miracle worker. And I want to encourage you. I want to build your faith today because whatever your faith, whatever you're, whatever you're going through, whatever you may be, jail, cancer, broken marriage, 
broken finances, broken heart. I want, I want to let you know that he is a miracle worker. I, I want to read this scripture because it's, it still happens today. It says this in Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good. Will you say that with me? Good. Don't be blaming bad stuff all the time on Jesus. He went about doing good. Jesus, good. Devil, bad. Hell, bad. Heaven, good. Say this with me. Jesus, good. Devil, bad. Okay, there's a line in the sand right there. You need to always remember that. Jesus went about doing good. Look what it says. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I saw a list of miracles that Jesus did, a, a counted of 37. I want to let you know that's the list because there was way more than that. He, he did things like turning water into wine. Well, J.L., that's nothing. Well, you try to do that, okay? All right, all right. Because that water that he turned into wine was the water that they purified themselves. It wasn't just like crystal spring water. It was what they washed their hands and feet with. And he goes, oh, I'll turn that water into wine. Come on, somebody. Made it top shelf wine. He opens blind's eyes. He touched those with leprosy and heals them. He raised Lazarus after a few days. He raises the dead. He heals the sick. He fed 4,000. He fed 5,000. He cleanses leper. He does all these things. Why? Because he is a miracle worker. And he wants to do miracles in this day and time. And, you know, even the way that Jesus came into this earth, born of a virgin? Can somebody say miracle? Walked on earth 33 and a half years and never sinned? Can somebody say miracle? Can you go 33 and a half minutes without sinning? He goes 33 and a half years and never sins. Crucified. Raised from the dead three days later. Can somebody say miracle? And he's now seated on the right hand of the Father. He prays for you. He prays for me. And he still is making miracles. Sometimes this is the mistake we make. We define God's word through our circumstances. Oh, I feel depressed today. Therefore, must Jesus must feel depressed about me. I feel lonely today. God must be not with me. All those lies of the enemy. Oh, I'm going through a sickness. God must not heal. Don't define God's word by your circumstances. Define God's word by his word. It's truth. It never changes. It doesn't return void. And it is final. It is written. He's a miracle worker. If you need a miracle today, I think you came to the right place. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. How many know he's a promise keeper? If he wasn't here last week, I preached a whole sermon on promise keeper. I don't want to re-preach the sermon today, but I do want to share a few thoughts on promise keeper. God cannot lie. It doesn't exist. Neil, he cannot do it. It's impossible for, for him to lie. Throughout the Old Testament, there was many prophecies about this coming Jesus Christ. 
if I'm not mistaken, there's over 300 prophecies. Why is that so powerful? Because it shows who he is, that he's a promise keeper because Jesus did come. Now, I, I, I saw this, and I want to show you this mathematician thing. I'm, I do want to read one of my favorite prophecies about Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 says this. I love this. I love this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Listen, I don't have to worry about everything that's going on in the government because I trust my king. I'm part of another kingdom I'm part of another world, and I'm in this kind of pilgrimage right now, but he's the one that I trust. Amen? Amen. Amen. It goes on to say, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I want you to, if you'd put that up on the screen, the the Sky Bible PowerPoint. This is a CBN search mathematician. I want you to just see what, when it comes to prophecy in the Old Testament, how powerful it is, how, and, and how powerful of what God does when it comes to promises. One person fulfilling eight prophecies. One and eight prophecies. It's one in, what is it? Wonderful. 100 quadrillion. That's one in eight. And then you have one in 48 prophecies. That chance is 10 to the 157th power. And then you have over 300 prophecies. You know what that equals? Jesus. He's a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. He's going to do what he says. He's going to come back again. He's salvation. He's Emmanuel. He's El Shaddai. He's all-powerful. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Je Jehovah Nisi. He's, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's Je Jehovah Rapha. He's a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. And he wants to meet you right where you are today, no matter where, where you're coming from. What you're going through, he wants to show himself strong on your behalf today. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. He's a light in the darkness. Listen to what Isaiah 9-2 says. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. I got news for you. I know that light. That light shined on me. That light found me. Look what Jesus says about himself. Code red, John 8, 12. He says, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I lived a life of darkness. I was bound in darkness. My heart, my thoughts, evil, wrong, that was my life. 
And this light came and found me in a, in a dark, depressed, hopeless place. I like to use that word hopeless because I find that so many people struggle this time of year with hopelessness. You know what the Bible says? God is the God of hope. He wants to give you hope today. He wants to give, he wants hope to spring up inside of your life and your heart today and experience hope for maybe the first time in a long time. And that's the light of God. I was bound in this darkness, but you know what he did? He called me up and out of darkness. He used the darkness to qualify my life. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, and now I'm alive. Listen to what, what the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous, come on, go with me, church, into his marvelous, his marvelous. He wants to call you out, out of darkness into his marvelous light. Will God you dark, use darkness? You better believe it. I lived in darkness. It was like this. How many know that a seed is not to just stay a seed in darkness? But a seed has to have darkness. You plant it in darkness, and then the right moisture, rain, light hits, and then all of a sudden the seed takes fruition, and it becomes what is it? It was intended to come. And some of you right now, you have lived in the state of darkness. You are a seed planted in dark, but that's not what God intended you. Jesus went into a dark tomb. He only stayed there three days, and then resurrection power. Lazarus was in that tomb for what? Three days, four days, and then resurrection power. God can use darkness in your life because when people see you come out of darkness, they go, wow, look at the change, look at the heart, look at the life in that guy. But he doesn't want you to live in darkness any longer. He's the God of light. Love and life. And I want to pray for you today. God wants to give you the greatest gift of all time. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. He wants to give you the gift of salvation today. He wants to give you the gift of grace See, we're not used to gifts. I mean, how many people lack a handout? But I want to tell you today, you need to receive the handout that God has for you because you need it and I need it. Because it's not, by, it's not because you're cute. It's not because you're worthy. It's not because you're lovable. It's not because you're perfect. It's because He's love. He loves you because He's love. He wants to give you a gift of grace because... He loves you unmerited. He wants to give you unmerited favor. He wants to give you salvation because he's already died for it. All these are gifts. A lot of you, how many of you would probably go home and maybe on the 24th or 25th come together as a family and open gifts? How many of you probably will do that? Raise your hand at me. Come on, check in with me. Raise your hand. Some of you won't. What, what do you do on Christmas? Come on, somebody. Raise your hand. But you know what's a choice? There's the gifts. Oh, I got a gift from Seth. Ah, uh, I don't believe in Seth. 
And I'm not, though he might be my son, I don't believe in him. And you know what? I'm not going to just leave that gift underneath the tree there. How many people do that for salvation? Jesus has already paid the entire way. He can't do anything more greater than he's done. He laid his life down for you because he loves you. No greater love than someone loves that he lay his life down for another. And he's given you this gift. Will you open it? Why don't open people open the gift? Well, unbelief. I just don't believe in Jesus. Well, I believe today God's here. Faith is here. Faith to believe. You should believe. Number two, why doesn't people believe? Why don't they open up the gift? Because of pride. Oh, I'm 50 years old, just the way I've been, and just right here. This is all. I'm just going to. Don't live that way. Don't let pride lead you into a life of destruction. What's another reason why? Believing wrong. See, you can have faith, but you can have wrong faith. You believe a certain way, but it's not Jesus. Jesus said this, I am the way, not a way, the way, the truth, the life. There ain't no many ways. There's one way, and it's Jesus. See, when you know the truth, it will set you free. I want to pray with you today. I believe in this very moment, God is here mighty to save. He wants to save lives. He wants you to be born again. Woe to you if you're only born once. You never want to die being born once. You want to be born twice. <laughs> that natural and that of the spirit. A man must be born again. 